0: So yesterday, I mean, I'll continue from where, what I was telling you yesterday. So you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's, it's this is one of my favorite scriptures, by the way. So, moreover, brethren, we do you to with of the grace of God, bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Okay? How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, abundance of the riches of their liberality. All right? For to their power, I bear record year, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. All right? So I told you, I said, this is the key over here. These guys did not in quote, did not have, but they were doing more than. And I said, logically speaking, how is that possible? How can, someone, how can someone do of his power and more than his power? And I said, the key is in verse 5, all right? In verse 4, in verse 4, it said, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift or we will take the giving and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry of the saints. Now, what I want to share with you, you will need it for your life. Listen to it very well. And this they did, not as we hoped, all right? But first, what did they do first? They gave themselves to the Lord. They gave their own selves to the Lord. So I said, how does a man do beyond himself? And I said the first key is that he gives himself to the Lord. So the first key you see over there is he gives himself to the Lord. Then we'll move to the second part of it, which is very important, which a lot of people you know overlook. But it's very important. He says, and this they did, not as we hoped but first gave their own selves to the Lord. And he says, and unto us by the will of God. And unto us by the will of God. And unto us by the will of God. They first of all gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. I'm going to take you to a story that we are all very um, conversant with. We know that story. I'm sure anybody who has ever gone to children's church knows this story. It's the story of the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15. So I'll start from verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. So I'm going to read the whole story. So you have to follow me on this long read. We know the story, but I I just want to bring out something. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? And I perish, and I perish with hunger. And I will rise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned before, sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And no more, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth thy best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the father calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son, who was in the field, and as he came, And drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted cow, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said unto his father, Lord, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou... Never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. Hallelujah. Interesting story. Now, you can preach many things from this story. You know, it is used at evangelical grounds, you know, to bring many people to to the Lord or back to the Lord. And um, we call it the story of the prodigal son. Not because the Bible said the guy was a prodigal son. It's called the story of the prodigal son because the other Bible versions put it there as a title, for prodigal son. Now, in this story, you see three people in the house. In fact, four, but I'm taking the father out. Because the father is the father, right? Now, you see three people in the house. There is the son, all right? There is the hired servant, and there is the son servant. You, look, you see it again. When you look in it, you see the son, which was the guy who said, Father, you know what? Just give me my part of the goods. I'm going. So you see the son there. Then you see the other person, which was referred to at many times that the hired servants, the hired servant. I I I, I would want to uh, go. My my hired servant, my father's hired servant, have enough food to spare. So there's a the hired servant. Then you see the son's servant, which was the son who said, Father, this many years have I served thee. So you see these three people in the house. So these three people are in the house of the father. I said, so We are taking the father out of the equation because I don't, he's not in what we want to say, because the father is the father, and these three people. That's where we could find either of ourselves. Now, there's something the Bible says about a servant, all right, or a hired servant. Please take me to Exodus chapter 21, verse 2. It says, If thou buy an Hebrew servant, now look, at that's the, the law concerning a servant. Says, if thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh year, and in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. So it says, If you buy a servant, if you have a servant, six years he will serve, on the seventh year, let him go. He go for free. All right. So you see that God, first of all, talks about the servant. All right. And the one who is a high servant, he says, that servant who served with you for six years, but on the seventh year, shall go out for free. All right. So you see over here how God started dealing with those who were his servants in the Old Testament. You see, he worked with people. In fact, even in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 27, verse 6, he called Nebuchadnezzar my servant. You see, so a man can be a servant of God without being a son. But the thing with servants who are not sons is that they can serve for a time and you don't see them again. So this set of people were in the father's house. I want you to get the context of, of, of what I'm sharing. This set of people who are servants, they were in the house of the master or the father, but what, according to the law of servants, these guys can live at any time, even though they serve. Then we'll come to the son. Jesus said something about a servant and a son. John chapter 8, verse 35. He says, John chapter 8, verse 35. He says, And the seven abided not in the house forever. Same thing that was said in Exodus chapter 21. The seven abided not in the house forever. But he said, But the son abided forever. So you see, because the son abided forever, the son, even though he messed up, still came back to his father. Because at the end of the day, that's still his father. So you don't know a son by just what he's doing, you know a son by his ability to abide forever. You see, so you see the hired servant in the house, you see the son in the house. Now, there, there are, just as we saw some issues with the servant, you also see some issues with the son. The son, you know, the thing about the son is, now I'll give you some characteristics of the son. The son is from the loins of the father. The father begets the son, all right? Now, for example, we came into sonship with God through the gospel, you see, When we received Jesus Christ, we became sons of God. And that's the main thing Jesus came to do, to make us sons of God. Because if it's just for service, he already had servants. God already had servants. He called Moses by servants. Then when it comes to the son, he says, when when it comes to, uh, Jesus is talking to the guy. He says, and the servant abided in the house forever. He said, but the son abided forever. All right? So the gospel brought us into sonship. He said, but the thing about the son is that when a son has not come of age, he, he has not become responsible. That, that means he has not received authority. You see, when it comes to money, all right, um, with regards to God, I'm not talking about the world, because when it comes to the world and money, the devil can give you money, that money will destroy you. Because money as a master is a terrible master. Money as a slave serves the right purpose. So when I'm looking at my kingdom perspective of money, money is only, like a, is a derivative of responsibility and authority. When you read the book of Luke, I was sharing with the subgroup pastors one time in a meeting. I said, when the, when the, in, in the book of Luke, I think Luke chapter 19, when Jesus Christ talked about the parable of the man who was given one pound, when he increased it to 10 pounds, the Lord gave him five cities. So, because he was responsible, he received authority. Now, what is the correlation between a pound and a city? You are looking at money. God does not look at money. God does not reward you with money. God rewards you with influence. God rewards you with dominion. So even in the millennial reign after the rapture of the church, what God is going to use to reward his people is he's going to give them cities. He's going to give them places of jurisdiction. That is God's reward system. It's not money. You you regard money. God doesn't. Because if God gave you a city, every other thing is in the city including the money. Money is the lowest thing God can ever reward anybody with. So the son... The problem with the son, when you go to Galatians chapter 4, from verse 1, it said, the heir, as long as he's a child, different nothing from the seventh, is that, though he be Lord of all. So, the guy can be a son, but once he has not come into full responsibility, the father will not entrust the whole thing to him, even though his name could be on it. Let me give you a good example. There are some some people, their fathers can have maybe a big company, all right? So, the company is big, but the child is just three years old, and he's the heir apparent. His name can even be on the company. Kweku and Sans Limited. His name can be on the company, but will the, will, the, will the father ever go and take that three-year-old boy to put on the MD seat? He wants to collapse the company. So even though it belongs to him, once he has not come to that place of maturity and responsibility, which will now, you know, for example, he has not come to a place of maturity. He has not come to a place of responsibility, so he cannot be given authority. When God starts honoring a man with uh, authority, you know, It shows that God trusts the man. That means the man has come into a place of service. So you see, the child is very small. All right? The child is very small. He's probably now 10 years old. The servants know that this guy, in some few years' time, he's probably going to take this company away from us. But at that time, while he has not come into responsibility or he has not come into maturity, he's not going to be given the estate. He's not going to be given even something that his name is on. Is not going to be given to him. But then, he's a son. Now, Jesus by his death and his resurrection, brought us into sonship with God. So we enjoy, like the man said, Father, give me my part of the thing. So we have an inheritance in God. You see, but it doesn't mean that we will be given the authority over the domain until we come into service. Because according to what Jesus said, greatness will only be conferred on the man who has come into service. Partnership is your active service. Now, remember what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He said that they gave themselves not only to God the Lord, but unto us. Who are the us representing? They're representing the ministry. He's representing like his father, as it were, in terms of the ministry, the pastor. So the people did not only serve the Lord, they served the ministry. So the guy can be a son, a son of God, but until he comes to that place where he now becomes a servant, he has not yet come into that place. Now you see. The, I said, you saw the three people in the house, you saw the son, then you saw the servant. Then there's a guy who was a son servant. When the master was addressing him, he said, Guy, you are with me in this place. Everything I have is yours. So the son servant doesn't have his separate money. His money is God's money. That fall, God's money is also his money. The problem with the son servant we read there in Luke chapter 15 is that this guy did not lay claim on anything. That's what the father was looking at him and said, no, everything I have is yours. You could have killed any of the thing you wanted to kill it at any time you wanted to have. That was the guy's problem. That was not the, the problem of the father. The father said, you could have done any of these things at any time you wanted to do. So that was his problem. That's the problem with that son. But then the father said, you know what? Because you have been serving, even though you are my son, you've been serving in the house with me. Everything I have is yours. That's where you see. You know, a higher level of partnership where the person cannot, de- he cannot differentiate his money from God's money. Therefore, God also does not differentiate his money from the guy's money. So the person is almost in like some form of joint account with God because he has become a son who has become a servant. Now, there are things that you see about a son who is a servant. He shares in responsibility with his father, so he shares in the authority of the estate. You see, when it comes to, you know, greatness and, and, and taking your place, with regards to my God, what I'm sharing with you is not just for giving this year. I'm, telling you, I'm, I'm showing you your life. You should live a life of service in the house of God. Service not only to the Lord. Paul said this unashamedly, not only to the Lord, but to the ministry. That, that scripture she read, so, in, so important. The, the guys came, a um, Messiah came, he says, Dine are we, David, and he said, and, and of the house, he says, Peace and prosperity to you, he said, and success to those who help you. Peace, peace to you. He said, peace to those who help you. All right, so then the Spirit came upon Amasai, who was chief of the captains, and he said, Thine are we, David, and on thy side, that son of Jesse. Peace, peace be unto you, and peace to thine helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. So, very simple example. The man of God, Pastor Chris, is given the grace by the Lord to have this kind of devotional that is going all around the world, that is changing lives all around the world. Wow, then I decide to help him. So, peace to him. Why? The grace was given to him. If I write my out tomorrow, I don't know how long it will take. If, I don't think even my mother will read it. Peace to him. Then he says, Peace. And I explained to some people, I said, The peace, peace that is written over there. You see, when he came to the helpers, he said, Peace. He didn't say, Peace, peace to the helpers. You know why? If you understand Hebraic writings, this is how you interpret it. He said, Peace, peace to you, and peace to the helpers. What, is what he's saying over there is there. Because he should have written, in correct Hebrew writing, he should have written, peace, peace unto thee. Then peace, peace unto thy helpers. But he didn't say that. He said, peace, peace unto thee. And peace to thy helpers. In other words, there are two peace, that is unto thee. He gives one to the helpers. There are three sons in the house. Now, okay, before that, you go to Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. You see two, two things that are in the house. All right? He says, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. Now, he's talking to the same people. He's not saying, some of you are sons, some of you are servants, no. Um, the Lord is speaking to the priest. And he says, a son honored his father, and a servant is master. He said, if I then be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? That means, in the house of God, when we become sons who are servants, we both honor God and fear him. When we are relating with our father, it is honor. When we are relating in the terms of the work that he gives us to do, it is fear. Now, I mean, some of you are, are from such homes. When well, your father has a company, then the guy is in school. Once he, he finished university, they give him the company to run. He will present report like every other staff, even though he's a son. Now, the, his sonship gave him a privilege, but his servants would also have to be tested. Now, Jesus was not called only a son of a carpenter. He was a carpenter. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled that rule of servant, even though his father, even though he was a son of his father Joseph, not just his father God, because Joseph raised him. Even though he was a son of his father Joseph, he also learned the trade till he also became a carpenter. Jesus himself was a carpenter. That's what the Bible says. So, in your work with God, you have to be raised, you have to be trained. Don't, don't follow the current, you know, world ideology. It's like, everybody can be on his own. Everybody can. You hardly find loyal people, whether even in business, you will see someone running a barbering saloon. In a year, he will change workers' like 50 times. Why? Because the people are not loyal. They're not faithful. So you see three kinds of sons that was in David's house. I'll I'll rush through it because, in fact, all the the first things I said, I I could be on them for months, but I just won't. Now, these three children, because they are sons of David, come on. Because they are sons of David, they all have what it takes to be king. These three guys, because they are all sons of David, they all have what it takes to be the next king. Because what's the criteria for the next king? He has to be your son. So who will be king? This will help you to understand how you're going to live your life. In a way that will bring glory to God and also help you fulfill the destiny God spoke concerning you. Now, imagine maybe you are going for something and everybody is eligible. These three guys are all eligible. David had many sons, but these three guys that the Bible talked about, these guys were all eligible. They all could become king. But who was going to give the kingship? Because the Bible says that the kingship is given by God. For thine is the great, and David prayed. He said, thine is the greatness. David said, dine is the greatness. A man will not come to the zenith of his destiny until God puts him there. So even though all these three guys have what it takes to become the next king, David said, dine is the greatness. It's God who will choose who will become king. So how did the other two miss it and the other guy got it? So you see, these three sons who were with David, the first one was Absalom. You know, I always say that every time we read the Bible, you have the tendency of looking at Absalom and saying, ah, this guy was such a bad guy. But when you read the scripture, the Bible says the design of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, it can show you, you. All of a sudden, you begin to, you begin to see Absalom tendencies in you. And the Spirit of God will help you to cut them out. Don't look at Absalom as though he is a problem. Absalom is not a problem. Look at Absalom and see if you have Absalom tendencies. He was a son who had the tendency to become a king. He never became the king. What happened? When Absalom was chasing his father, his father prayed a prayer. Okay, Psalm 144. In verse 7, it says, Send thy hand from above. Now, from verse 1, you say, Blessed be the Lord my strength, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Who, who is this? His, David is praying. It's like it's like David is in trouble, and he's praying, Blessed be my God who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. David is praying. Why? Not because a king from somewhere is chasing him. You go to verse 7, and what is he talking about? He says, send thy hand from above. Read me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of strange children. People talk about strange women. They've not talked about strange children. They are strange children. They are children in the house. They are sons in the house who want to overthrow their father. Verse 10, David is still praying. Verse 10, it is he that giveth salvation unto kings who delivered David his servant from the headful sword. Verse 11, read me and deliver me from the hand of strange children. What do the strange children do? Whose mouth speaketh vanity? And their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. They lie against their father. These are strange children. It's not that these people are not children. These, Absalom is a legit son of... Okay, but you, when you read the Bible, you see some of Absalom's problems. Absalom, one of his biggest issues was... Wait, let's see 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 24. And the king said... This is when Absalom was introduced to the Bible. And the king said, Let him turn to his own house, and let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, and saw not the king's face. Verse 25. But in all Israel, there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty, from the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. Can you imagine? The guy didn't need skincare. The guy was—he was—he was untouchable. There was not. There was. He said, from the whole of Israel, he said everybody praised him. Absalom's beauty was his problem. When you see strange children. They think they are better than their father. Because of one ability or the other they have. Regional pastor told me something. He said the more God lifts you, the more humble you should become. The more humble you should become. Check yourself every time. Why? This guy had what it took to be king. Okay. You saw that, right? He said there was not not much to be praised. There's none to be so much praised as someone for his beauty. For his ability to preach. Verse 26. And when he pulled his hair, for it was at every year's end that he pulled his hair, because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it. He weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels after the king's weight. Do you know the kind of hair the guy had? The, the Bible says pulled hair. It's pulled hair. King James is making a thing long, NIV. Whenever he cuts the hair on his head, he used to cut his hair once a year, because it became too heavy for him. He would weigh it. And its weight was 200 shekels by the royal standard. His hair. Well, fast forward Absalom died by that same hair. His beauty killed him. That same beauty killed him. Father, I'm not a strange child. He thinks he's better than his father. And his beauty is his problem. He thinks he has money. Over the years, I have seen things. Not only the things that happened to me, but the things that happened in front of me. There was a man, the original pastor has told you the story before. I was in a choir at the time. This man was rich. He's always changing car. Range Rover today. This one tomorrow. This one today. This one tomorrow. Always had some new something. Big man. He had a very big radio station in this country. I don't want to mention any other radio station. Well, he left church, but he did not only leave. He left with regional pastors, protocol, head of protocol, and many PCF leaders followed him. He sat on TV and abused regional pastor. Not only regional pastor, many other pastors. Strange children. But you know what? This guy had the tendency to also become king. That's what you're supposed to know. Also had a t- tendency to become a king. In fact, the way he went about everything in the house. He was able to get other people in the house of David to, be, to follow him. Everybody thought, whoa, God. And you know what, what, what he did? He went to stand at the city gates. When anybody was coming to see David, you say, oh, David, he has not uh, responded to your, your matter, right? Don't worry. So, the whole set of people in Israel started thinking, Ah, Absalom cares more than David. You can be in church, And someone is telling you, no, no, he has not answered you. Don't worry, come. You're a strange child. See, there's something you can do. Even though they've told you don't use oil, but there's an oil I can give you. You see, it's not everything they teach in this church. You're <laughs> <Straight down. laughs> a everything is changing in How did somebody come to church? On fire for the Lord. In a year's time, the person no longer coming to church, has followed somebody to enter the club. Gosh. And the person came to meet was already in the church. Second son, Adonijah. This is what you see about Adonijah. First Kings chapter 1, verse 5. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots. And horsemen and 50 men to run before him. You understand? <laughs> Don't wait for he's not waiting for anybody to announce him. <laughs> this is not a biological son of David, but he had affiliations with the, with the throne. So he says, okay, I'm going to be king. Then he <laughs> he says, <said, laughs> Have you ever seen anyone who you know unprovoked? He's a young pastor, he just they do convoy for him, unprovoked. Unprovoked convoy. <laughs> convoy. 2021, I was bringing Uber to church. When I finished, I'll come and preach. Red Uber. Because I made, I made friends with the Uber driver. <laughs> so, I, so I picked me. One young man who's a pastor said something. He said, if he was the one who had this church, like he would have bought infinity sins. Let me tell you why. That's why he'll never be the one. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'll show you, uh, By the time I get to the, the one who became king, I'll show you a mystery. Okay, verse 6. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, Why hast thou done so? And he, uh, he was also a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. This guy also had a tendency to become king. Have you seen the message when they mentioned Absalom ar- around him. From the same mother. NIV. When the Bible says he was a goodly man, let's understand goodly man. His father had never rebuked him by asking, why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom. You can see that their handsomeness and their beauty. But well, Absalom was beautiful. Adonijah was handsome. I'm not saying, this doesn't refer to just physical something. This is also referring to um, like, a, like an Ability. So he thinks he can do this thing. He thinks he can sing. He thinks that he has a revelation. That when he's sharing in his PCF, the members have been doing mm 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 mm. So he thinks that hmm. the day the day Pastor Enoch will give me the microphone in this church, I will shake everywhere. I will scatter everywhere. Yes, you will scatter. Nobody will come again. <laughs> One of the things you see about Niger is that he has never been rebuked. When he's rebuked, you take offense because he's very handsome. Verse 7. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah and with Abiathar, the priest, and they, and they following Adonijah helped him. These are guys who were working with David. He was able to get them to come and, you know, endorse him. These people are for endorsements. Joab and Abiathar, they are for endorsements. They are there for endorsements. Everybody will say that, ah, Joab, the one who went to David, oh, that means this guy is the next king. Then, Abiathar, the priest. Oh, okay, this guy. So he had convoy. You know, one of the things you see about Adonijah, he's in the house too. If he's not in the house, how will he get his book? He's in the house too. He's in the house too. One of the things you see about Adonijah is that he thinks he's fit for the throne. And I said, I'll show you a mystery. Anybody God will ever give any grace. That's why to be a grace, he will always think he's not fit. You think you are fit for what you do. You know, have you ever heard someone is a narcissist? Nurse, have you ever heard that? Where do you think it comes from? There was a man called, who knows his name? What's his name? Narcissus. Narcissus, who was a hunter, was, according to history, was one of the most beautiful men ever. That he was so beautiful that when he looks at himself, those times there's no mirror, so he looks at himself in the water. He was so beautiful that when he looked at himself in the water like this, he could not believe what he was seeing. He could not believe what he was seeing. According to the account of history, he looked at himself in the water till he died. He was looking at himself like this. That's what they call oh this guy's a narcissist. He looked at himself in the water like this. He was he's so nice. He's so beautiful. He was hungry, he didn't go eat. He Was looking at himself. And he died. All right. So you see something about Adonijah, he's a son in the house, but what he thinks he's fit for the throne. Absalom thinks he's better than his father. Adonijah thinks he's fit. Because at that time, David was very old. He said, I'm fit to control. Then we'll come to the third guy, Solomon. Who eventually became king. And there's something you see about him. He was always with his father. So that same 1st Kings chapter 1, when you read verse 25. For he's gone down this day and had slain oxen and fat cattle and sheep in abundance." He's talking about the Niger. And had called all the king's sons. And the captains of the host, and Abiathar the priest, and behold, they eat and drink before him and say, God save King Adonijah. He exalted himself, he made himself king. God didn't make him king. He called the king's sons, called everybody. You can see this was a charismatic guy. He called them, I'm, I'm having a, a concert. All of you come and dance at my concerts. And he's not the father in the house. But he has five days' conference. He's not the father in the house, but he has five-day in the church. And he's having it at Maple Leaf Hotel. And he's not, the, he's not the pastor of the church. But he's, he's, he has been able to convince everybody that he has a certain strange anointing, that he's a stranger. He has a strong anointing, even though he's in the church, but believe him. Believe him. There's something about him. So you guys should follow me. Verse 26. But me, that, at this time, Nathan is... The prophet Nathan is reporting this thing to King David. And he says something over here. He says, now remember that these, all these three guys are sons. Absalom, um, Adonijah, and Solomon. But Nathan says something prophetically about Solomon because he's a prophet. He says, but me, even me, thy servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Joada, and thy servant Solomon, have he not come? He didn't say Solomon was his son. He didn't say he was David's son. He said, David, your servant Solomon. This take me what I was showing you. There's the son, there's a servant, there's a son's servant. Solomon was a son who was a servant. That's why he became the king. Listen, Solomon was loved by the Lord, but not only loved by the Lord, he was also loved by his father. Takes you back to 2 Corinthians 8. They gave themselves unto the Lord and then to us. By the will of God. Are you a son of the man of God? Are you a son who is a servant in the house? Or you are here with your own agenda? I paid for pastor on TV. As a 20-year-old boy. With my fellowship. I said. Let's pay for pastor on TV. We put money together. We paid. I'm a son of the man of God. He doesn't have to see it. He doesn't have to see me. He doesn't have to see me. How are you a servant? Aside going around preaching, sharing the gospel, the rhapsody of realities, son of the man of God, a servant of the man of God. Not only that, also sponsoring with your finances, sponsoring the gospel with your finances, committed to what your father is doing, committed to, you heard those people who came to share their testimony, my pastor gave the word. My pastor said this to me. My pastor, you see, these things, the Bible is so complete. You'll never find one story contradicting the other. There were sons of the prophets, yet none of them became the prophet after Elijah. God made Elisha, who was a servant of the man of God, become the next prophet. You have no future without humility. We're going to pray. going to pray. You see, these are commitments we made years ago to ourselves. Nothing be the commitment you make to yourself. Because you know that you and yourself have had this meeting. Not someone telling you what to do. Lord, I'm a son of the man of God. I'm a servant in the ministry. You see, I'm a son of the man of God. And I'm a servant in the ministry. I'm a son of the man of God. And I'm a servant of the ministry. Whatever pastor says we are doing is what I'm doing. We're going to pray. Because the scripture said, like that scripture you read, Peace, peace be unto thee. And peace to thy helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. In your feet, let's pray.
1: Give to our pastor, brother. God, it to the Give it the boldness of